From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. Receiving a breast cancer diagnosis and beginning treatment is an extremely trying time, and I'm often reminded on this podcast how much hearing stories from those who have already been through diagnosis and treatment can help our listeners. Our guest today, Anna Rathkoff, is here to share her experience of experiencing breast cancer as a young family and the unique tool that helped her family get through. Anna, welcome to the show. Hi. I'm so excited to talk to you. So let's start with talking a little bit about your story. Tell us about yourself and your breast cancer journey. So it all started, I think it almost four years ago. I uh, was reading a book and I was laying on my bag. I scratched myself and I found a lump. You get like this horrible feeling inside, like your stomach drops and you get scared and you don't know what to do. So I went to my husband, Jordan, and I told him I found a lump. So we called doctors, we set appointments, and I went for a mammogram, but mammogram didn't pick up anything because uh, for younger women with breast cancer, it's kind of common. We have denser breast tissue, and uh, so mammogram is not the best way to find out. If there are any younger listeners, don't rely on mammogram. Do yourself check out. And because I have small breasts, finally there was some plus. I found it early. (laughs) So I went to ultrasound and biopsy. So ultrasound pick it up, but uh, they couldn't say if it's cancer or not. So biopsy. And then two days later, I had a phone call asking me if I have some time. And I said, yes. And uh, they told me the results are bad and it's cancer. And uh, since then, I could not pick up the phone. When I saw the, the hospital's number, I just, I was completely traumatized. So it took me about a year to be able to like pick up that phone. Mm. It's, it's tough. You know, you feel like your whole world shifts. I mean, literally we were thinking about, we were just starting to talk about second child and uh, suddenly you go to a doctor and they're talking about survivor rates. And the first time I heard that, I thought that she's kind of joking. What is my rate to survive this? That's impossible. I'm healthy. I just have a lump. And how come that they're talking about this thing suddenly? It's so hard to like realize that it's for real. You know, you, you, you feel like somebody like hit you on your head and right. suddenly everything changes. And it's, um, I call it the bleak days when you know you have cancer and you're just learning because suddenly you have to start learning all these things. Mm. Like what's your rate to survive this? What's, right. uh, what kind of cancer you have? I had no idea there are kind of cancers. I knew it was in breast, so breast cancer, but there's different strains. So you kind of have to become a really fast learner if you want to understand what the doctors are talking about. And they are trying to explain as much as possible, at least mine were. And, but you want to know the answers. I always wanted to know the answer. Am I going to survive it? Is it ever coming back? And am I healthy? And they never tell me yes. Right. So, and that's, that's so tough, right? And, and I know that you were going through this as you had a young child as well. So yeah. let's, let's talk about that for a moment. I mean, do you have any advice for other mothers that find themselves in yeah. this situation and are not sure how to tell their young children about breast cancer um, or even what to say as they get older? Yeah, I guess uh, we were maybe lucky. I don't know. We were, our son was two and a half. 
so what we were doing, we were trying to shield him as much as possible. Mm. Uh, kids are smart. They perceive something's happening. So we had this, especially at the beginning when it was just too much. So we looked at each other and like when you felt it's too much, one of us took our son and the other one went to hide and cry because you had to get the emotions out. So yeah, I didn't even know that, but Jordan later told me that uh, every time he was coming home from job, as we are photographers, our hours are uh, all over the place. So he told me it was really tough for him that he would like uh, sit in a car and cry. And uh, then he would come and be strong for us. We were lucky. We had uh, my mom. She actually, so I'm from Czech Republic, from Prague, and she was with us when Jesse was born. And then she went, um, she has a green card. So she went back after like almost two years being with us. So she went to visit my brother and spent some time back in Czech. And two weeks later, I called her have cancer. So she was back on a plane coming here. And uh, Jordan's parents were incredible too. Jordan's mom is actually a breast cancer survivor too. So for Jordan, it was like second round. She had it 25 years ago when he was 13. So you cannot hide it completely from the kids. You have to, um, uh, they will always find out somehow. They will perceive something's happening. Uh, I had this, um, I, I heard very crazy stories from parents that they were really trying to hide it. And uh, then the kids perceive uh, everything completely warped. So mm. I think it's always good to, as much as, uh, and as appropriate to their age, to be open about it. So for me, I was scared about how he will perceive me when I start losing my hair. So we kind of created a party where we were photographing it, but he was there. He saw mom losing my hair shoulder length up until being shaved we were joking about it he was playing with the hair so it wasn't anything traumatic for him so after my chemo after my radiation when i was kind of healing up my hair is coming up and um, suddenly we were reading this new book babar about the elephant that uh, loses mom and but it was really interesting because he got hysterical he saw um an older king there, elephant king, gets all green and he starts throwing up and he's poisoned. And uh, he started to scream that I ate something bad and I am poisoned, I'm sick. And it was weird because it was really like three months after my chemo uh, when I felt like I'm getting better for him that was the thing that you know kids when they go to um doctors they always show them cartoons mm. so for him this was the the thing that he could finally relate to right right i don't know if i look like an elephant but <laughs> i'm sure that was not the intention yeah no no <laughs> no but it was interesting and um it happened with me and then uh Unfortunately, we wanted to make sure that we understood what was happening because also he was not super vocal at the time. We are bilingual family, so he was a little delayed. So uh, Jordan started to read the book to him and he got the same reaction. So yes, we, we knew, but now it's been, he's six and 
he doesn't remember anything. We don't hide that I was sick. Um, he sees pictures of me being shaved, no hair. Uh, he knows I was sick. There's actually this really good book for kids with Marie Curie. Mm-hmm. I would probably recommend that to other mothers who are going through the same thing because um, they're talking about Marie Curie. Uh, it's a Little People Change the World series. It's really amazing. And uh, so Marie Curie is one of the heroes and she, she's talking about changing and how much she's helping other people with cancer. And I think that would be a great uh, book for other parents. I think books are great in general. This one is great because then they can see a hero mm-hmm. that would help their moms. I love that. I love that. So let's talk about your amazing project here. So you and your husband documented your breast cancer journey through raw and emotional photographs. And now Susan G. Komen is, is sharing some of that. How did you decide that was something you wanted to do? And how did it help you both through the process? It was very interesting. Uh, so uh, basically the second day after we heard the word cancer, I picked up the camera and I'm like, okay, this is our project. And uh, I didn't know that, but the night before, Jordan is super, uh, when he gets very nervous, he starts researching things. So he spent the whole night when he heard the word cancer, his uh, thing was to go to internet and start searching for uh, other people. And since we are both photographers, he was obviously looking for a a media outlet. And he found Angelo Meridino. I hope I didn't mispronounce his last name. He found his uh, photo essay and it really touched him. He didn't show it to me because, uh, uh, because of what happened to Angelo's wife as she passed, unfortunately. He shared it to me way into my treatment. I'm actually the opposite. I don't do like deep research. I want to know, but I don't want to know that deep. Right. Like I get obsessive in a, I got obsessive in later stages, but yeah. not at the beginning. So it was an, a creative outlet, a way how to understand myself, how to understand what's happening. Because uh, two years before I gave birth and it was the most incredible thing that your body can create. My body created life and uh, my breasts were feeding the life. And suddenly my body was trying to kill me. So for me, it was never like the full, uh, I was never like just on the breast because I felt so betrayed by my whole body. So through the photographs, through looking myself in a mirror and taking a picture and then looking at it back was way how to understand myself. And the same goes for Jordan, as he told me. Uh, it's just like a, a way how to distract yourself mm. and also felt uh, purposeful. Like, you know, you go to a doctor's checkup to get them explain what kind of cancer you have and how bad it's going to be, what's kind of your treatment plan. But you also pack the camera with you. And so you start thinking, okay, what lens do I need to take? What angles shall I take? How can I um, portray the the legs of the people sitting across of me? What is interesting in this waiting room? It was making me feel better. It was also making me feel better when I'm I'm waiting alone because in certain departments, Jordan could not come with me mm-hmm. for some checkups. So I'm waiting there and I'm thinking, okay, which angle? How can I do it? So I kind of completely distracted myself and I also felt um, maybe somebody will ever use it. Yeah, that's great. And now 
Susan G. Komen is using it. That's, am, that's fantastic. Yeah, congrats I'm on that. I'm so happy. Yeah. I, I know it might be raw and it, we always meant it as raw. We always wanted people to see the intimacy and like really how we are and how mm. we feel going yeah. through it. And I am so thrilled that Susan G. Komen is using it. I feel honored because uh, to be honest, I don't feel like a pink warrior. I never felt like a pink warrior. I understand that uh, the pink did incredible thing for uh, people knowing about breast cancer, but I also feel like uh, it's not me. I'm mm. not an older lady that's very happy. Yeah. And that's how I always perceive these imageries. And I could never relate. So right. I felt always there was a like disconnect between me as a patient, as mother of a younger child. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. So but let's talk for a minute about breast cancer recurrence. Uh, so how do you, how do you feel about that? Like what emotions stir about when you think about breast cancer recurrence and how do you cope with the kind of the unknown surrounding that? I am absolutely terrified thinking it can happen to me again. And then I'm even more terrified thinking it doesn't have to be just cancer. It can be metastatic cancer. And I always feel like uh, once you get cancer and you start hearing the word, it's like opening a Pandora box. You can never close it and be back like in the innocence of like, I'm 37, nothing will ever happen to me. Maybe car will crash in me, but you know, that's so remote. But now I feel like, okay, it's open, it's out here. And uh, it's terrifying because I'm very vocal about my diagnosis and um, because of uh, our project that we shared in the, uh, magazines and uh, in uh, my hospital, Memorial Sloan Kettering had a, a, a blog about it where we shared our images. And so we always have very close to other people and other people's stories. So it's very hard to step back because uh, you start feeling, oh my God, she has, she was fine. She had the same cancer as me. Uh, she was diagnosed the same stage and now she has metastatic breast cancer. It happened five years after. And uh, how can I make sure that it won't be me? It's, it's super hard. Yeah. I mean, I think the way you described it is great. There's, a, there's an innocence beforehand and after that's gone, mm -hmm. it's, it's gone. Yeah. And that's really tough. Um, so let's talk for a minute about the outlet that you were able to find. Uh, I, I assume, like you said, it was a therapeutic sort of outlet through your photos. Uh, how important do you think it is for women and men undergoing treatment? And what advice would you give them for finding their own outlet? I think it's super important. Look, everybody has completely different approach to disease. I have friends and they don't want to talk about it. They are pretending it never happened. Is it healthy? I don't know. This is their way how to cope. Mm. I cannot be like that. So I needed to find this outlet. But I believe that writing a diary is incredible. Write it for yourself and burn it. Yeah. Write for yourself. If you don't want to talk about it, write on paper. I'm, I'm so scared. I will, I will die. Mm. I don't want to die. Write it down. Burn it. It will make you feel better. Mm. Just get it out of you because uh, you will be. If you don't get it out, it will stay inside, and that's how I feel. Yeah, really good advice. Uh, Anna, do, I mean, th this has been great. Uh, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners before we go? 
I would like to share a very important part is uh, to talk about younger women. That was me. That was my uh, reality. It still is my reality. I want to other people to know that they're not alone. We are dealing with a little different stuff than um, older women. We are dealing with fertility issues. Unfortunately for me, that's not, I cannot have another biological child. And that's very hurtful. We are dealing with uh, careers, with uh, relationships. Uh, so just don't hesitate and reach out. There are a lot of people around you that can help you. There are people who are here and uh, just don't hesitate for help. Like you need help right now. Not mm. just medical, but psychological. So don't be shy about it. It's, there's nothing wrong about needing help. Anna, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. It's been amazing chatting with you. <laughs> Thanks. It was so nice talking to you. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.